Hi all, welcome to Account Planning in the Age of COVID-19. This is Chapter 2, Episode 1. We will have three episodes for Chapter 2, um, and they should be available in the next couple of days, I would think. So what Chapter 2 is about is advertising clutter which sounds like a horrible thing. We all intuitively know what advertising clutter is. Um, I personally am kind of a huge fan of advertising clutter. And what I hope to do in this podcast today is to get you thinking about ad clutter as a way that maybe it's a positive thing as well. So before we get started, let me just talk about your tweets on Twitter. Um, some of you are starting to get into this, not enough of you, however. So those of y'all who have not started engaging with your brand on Twitter, um, there's still time, but you're running out of time um, that will allow you to get a good grade on this assignment. So jump in. I know it's a little bit intimidating if you have not been an active Twitter user, but you can adapt pretty well. I have, um, if you look at the PowerPoints, I have an example of some of the tweets that you all have um, done. So notice the um, hashtags, so you need to use those. Um, and, you know, just talk to your brand, talk about advertising, whatever you want to do. I particularly like this example of Haley's um, because it's an interesting tweet. She's tweeting to um Hello Fresh, her brand, and she says, my friend made um, some delicious dinner tonight, and halfway through, she told me that she seasoned the green beans with a recipe from Hello Fresh, and so that's cool. It shows how the brand is being used, and then she took a photo. So when you have a graphic on the Twitter feed, it gets more attention, and I thought that was an excellent tweet. But good for you all if you're tweeting, and if you're not, Please do remember everyone should tweet at least once, really a couple of times um, during the week. It does not take a long time. It's fun once you get into it. And it's the idea of why we're doing this is to see how engagement works between consumers and brands. So it's not just an exercise for fun. It actually has a point for how account planning works. Um, you, let me also mention that um, when I first reached out to all the brands to say, hey, we're studying you, and um, some of you all started tweeting, I heard back from a couple of brands, but in particular, Freshly has been very interactive. Um, they DM'd me with some things, and now we have emailed back and forth, and I've given them all sorts of info about the class, and so they are um, very anxious to engage with you all. So especially if your brand is Freshly, feel free to reach out to them. Um, the online um, brand engagement manager, I think is what her title is, is um, super friendly. So that I think is pretty cool that this early in the semester, we're already making connections and that's what we're trying to do. So advertising clutter basically is you can see um, it's hard to get anybody's attention because there is so much happening in the digital space. Every minute on the internet, over a million people are logging onto Facebook or spending a hundred million dollars um, in, or a million dollars in um, online or um, streaming music, um, millions streaming music, um, 
nearly a million people tweeting just um, on and on and on four and a half million people watching YouTube videos. It's just, there's tons of things to do and you can't do all of it. And so imagine if you're trying to get your advertising message out um, in this clutter, it's nearly impossible. And so how do you do it? How do you get people to pay attention to your advertising? That's what we were wanting to do. The obvious answer is, or one obvious answer is to make great advertising. And perhaps years ago, a decade or two decades ago, that would be an answer that would be enough. Make great advertising, people will see it, people will respond. It's not enough anymore. You can't just make great advertising and expect that your target audience will respond to it because for one main reason, it's harder than ever to find your target audience because there's so much clutter out there. Um, experts predict that there'll be 14 and a half billion digital ads a day, I think a day, um, yeah, every day occurring in the digital space. So very hard to get attention. So um, the reason why we live in what's called an attention economy, so you, attention, you know what that is, getting someone's attention. Economy, think of that as what something is worth, the value, think of it in monetary. When we say the economy is doing well, we mean stock markets are high, people are making money, and so on. So it's like this with attention, too. What is attention worth? Um, how valuable is it to us? And it is very valuable in today's digital space because it is so difficult to achieve. And that's because content is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It's, it's just, you can't get away from it in whatever you do, but we are not everywhere. We are not ubiquitous. So this, um, paradox of content is everywhere. We are not everywhere. Where does your advertising fit in there? So we need to create a way for consumers to find their brands and brands to find their consumers. That's what the account planner is trying to do, connecting the consumer and the brands together. So, um, so we can be assured that the message that the correct consumer sees is worth paying attention to. That's what our goal is. And this leads me to this idea of interruption advertising versus invitation advertising. The old way of thinking about advertising is interruption advertising. That basically is this top-down message. You buy the advertising space, you jam it down people's throats, you push the message out to them, you find the target audience by advertising everywhere in advertising multiple times. The idea of I can just hit everybody and if I can keep hitting them, eventually I'm going to reach my people. Well, why doesn't that work anymore? Um, you can't afford it is one reason because there is so much content. You can't find all the content out there because there's so much. And so you generate this big advertising waste by doing that. So, so it's just not, um, the best way to do advertising anymore by this push-down model. So a much better way is by consumer um, invitation advertising. I call this the, the kinder, gentler kind of advertising. 
it's the idea that consumers will be willing to interact with your brand, which includes paying attention to the advertising, if it's beneficial for them to do so, if they like it, if, it's, if they're in the, tar- the true target audience for the ad, if it's a meaningful content. So we're pulling them into involvement by presenting things they want to see in a way that they want to see it. So it's a win-win. It's a win-win because it's, it's a win for the consumer who wants to get the content. And it's also a win for the non-consumer of this brand who then is not going to be bothered by seeing the message. So that's why, that's what advertising clutter in this environment can give us. Um, two ways that are very popular now and getting even more popular with invitation advertising is IOT and native advertising. So let me talk just for a few minutes about IOT, also known as the Internet of Things. This is um, the network of billions of smart devices that connect to people, systems, software, connect you to the thing. Your smartphone is not the IOT device, but your smartphone um, is connected to the IOT device that allows you to be connected to it. It's not always with your smartphone. Sometimes it's connected directly to you. So my Fitbit, for example, is an IOT device. I wear it on my arm. I get all sorts of information about myself, my steps, how um, my heartbeat, um, how many minutes I've exercised for the day. So that's how IOT works. But I also have a smart stove, which is actually kind of silly, um, but I can turn on my um, stove from my phone. I can check things about my stove oven from my um, phone. I can be driving in the car and decide, you know, I just feel like turning on the oven and I'm going ahead and do that. So the oven there is the IOT device using um, my phone. It's estimated that there will be 1.1 trillion IoT devices by the year 2025, not too far in the future. One trillion. There are currently 24 billion IoT devices. If you're wondering how big a billion is, um, it's just a little um, tidbit that will can help you visualize this. If you were to count to one billion, one, two, three and so on, it would take you 30 years to count up to 1 billion. You can do the math, 30 times 24. You're not going to be alive by the time you count up the number of IoT devices. Unbelievable, right? So it's it's just everywhere. Um, How this relates to advertising is... As the technology increases, um, companies are finding ways to be able to get personalized advertising to you on that IoT device. So I can get an ad message from my Fitbit that is related to what I want to, to see. The example I have on the PowerPoint is for a cola machine. Um, Maybe your IoT device is connected to your phone that's connected to um, this machine. So as you walk toward it to get ready to buy your favorite diet soda, a little message comes up on the screen and says, Hey, Sue, glad to see you again. Maybe you want to try the vanilla diet um, cola this time. 
So that's personalized advertising. Again, in the age of ad clutter, this is a great thing because if they can reach you with personalized advertising, with advertising you want, they don't have to reach the people who they are not interested in. All right, enough about IoT. The other is native advertising. And that's a term that probably by now you're pretty familiar with. Um, Native advertising, it's the form of paid media, so the old kind of advertising. So um, advertising that you control, paid advertising, that goes into your digital experience in the form that you want to get your regular content from. So... For example, it's what shows up on your um, Facebook feed or your Instagram feed or your Twitter feed. It looks like a tweet or it looks like Facebook news. The form is as important as the content. And the idea behind that is because it doesn't, um, native advertising works best when it doesn't disrupt you but invites you to engage with the content. And so if the content looks like the kind of content that you want to um, consume, it's a lot easier to take. So I have two examples on the PowerPoints from um, my Twitter and Facebook feeds this morning. Um, The one on the left is from my Twitter feed for E-Trade. So um, I'm a member of E-Trade. I um, trade some stocks on E-Trade. So they have information about me and this little information comes up on my Twitter feed. And sure, it might be something that I'm interested in. If not, I don't mind because I like E-Trade. They already know that I like E-Trade and I'll just scroll through it, but I might click on it. The same over here on the right-hand side for Little Passports. Um, I recently bought a subscription for Little Passports for my six-year-old grandson. I don't use Little Passports, but my grandson does. And so they have other products. And so they showed me some other things that I might want to buy for my grandson. Um, And so if I'm in the market for that, I'll take a look. If not, I just scroll by and I don't mind because I already have a positive feeling toward little passports. So one thing to notice, um, because you're starting to tweet about your brands, you'll start seeing native ads for these brands and maybe some other brands as well, but for um, things in this area in your Twitter feed and probably on your other feeds as well. And so if you do, um, tweet about that. Um, let's, you know, how long does it take before you start seeing native ads for that content? And what do you think about that? You'll also see native ads at the bottom of new sites and other kinds of websites. So they contract out with big native ad companies who create the content for them. Um, it looks like news, but it's not news. It's um, advertising that's been paid for and controlled, but that most likely um, the viewer of the website might see. So here's two examples that I pulled out this morning from CNN. Um, The one, see Amazon's new wearable. Um, It says, can tell if you're stressed out. So, you know, I definitely might click on that, right? I have a um, Fitbit, as I said, so I've already know that I like wearables. I like data. I think that's kind of cool. And, you know, Lord knows I'm stressed out given COVID and what we're doing with teaching and learning in this environment. And so, you know, I think it might be kind of fun to see what my stress level is. Um, So I might click on that. 
Um, the one on the right with Jennifer Garner, I like Jennifer Garner, but I'm not sure I actually care um, to watch her cry in slow motion, but eh, that's just me. Um, but notice here on the very bottom corner, you'll see um, recommended by Outbrain. Outbrain is the native advertising company who has um, developed those ads. So Outbrain is one of the largest native advertising companies. Another really huge native advertising company is Taboola. Um, one thing I like about Taboola is um, I like their tagline, content you may like. That's the whole idea, providing content that the consumer might like, um, trying to eliminate this advertising waste, not getting it perfect. That's why it doesn't say content you definitely will like because you might not like, but the chances are higher now because we have the technology to check and make sure that this is content that you want to like. Ton of native advertising companies out there. Outbrain and Taboola are two of the oldest and biggest and highest reputation companies out there. They both work with a lot of news and other media outlets, so very pro um, media. And so that's why I highlight them in here. In case you think you can avoid this, if you are going to be working in advertising, you should know that by next year, it's predicted that nearly three quarters of the ad revenue is gonna come from native content. 74% of, of advertising revenue, this is more than Super Bowl advertising on television, um, will come from native content. I just find that incredible. So with that, um, let me stop this episode. Like I said, there'll be three episodes for chapter two. So stay tuned for episode two and episode three of chapter two. Um, meanwhile, hope you have a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. And um, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you all soon. See ya. Bye.